0: Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Matt and this is Journey to Freedom podcast. This show is all about traveling, financial freedom, success stories and so much more. In this podcast, I talk with a diverse community of people about their stories from around the world and my own life experiences with traveling and finance. Join me to my weekly series to learn more. Hey everyone. On the first episode of my podcast, I decided to talk about one of my top destinations around the world that I've been fortunate enough to visit twice in my life. It's one of the smallest countries in the world. It has one of the cleanest public areas that I have ever seen in my life. It's also one of the most expensive places to live, and it's often called the city of the future. This place is Singapore. For those who aren't too familiar with the country, Singapore is a city-state that is located in Southeast Asia. The entire country consists of one main island in addition to 62 small islands, and it's also surrounded by Malaysia, Indonesia, and Brunei. For me, it's definitely one of the most amazing places in the world that I've seen so far. Over two years ago, when flying to Singapore, I met an incredible couple who I am joined on today's podcast, Cheryl and Nigel. Cheryl and Nigel are both Singaporeans and have lived there their entire lives. With them, I want to talk about the best things to do in the city, why the city-state is so expensive to live in, and how can you travel on a budget when you'll be visiting one of the most expensive cities in the world. Cheryl Nigel, welcome.
1: Hi, Matt.
2: Hi, everyone.
1: Hi, everyone. Nice being here. Thank you for having us. Yep, So my name is Nigel. I am a financial consultant. I provide personal financial advice to clients.
2: And what about yourself, Cheryl? Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Cheryl. I actually just started work recently, and I'm an insurance broker. I was born and raised in Singapore, and I guess my financial goal is to earn enough money so I can retire comfortably around age 50 to 55.
0: Great. Thanks a lot for being the first guest on the show. It's super exciting for me. So let's talk about the city itself. Uh, it, definitely one of the most striking things that I have noticed when I visited back in 2019 was the ease of transportation. Uh, the country is really, really small and very easy to travel around. Can you guys tell us why is it like that?
1: Okay, uh, maybe Cheryl, let me take this one. Okay, so basically Singapore is very easy to get around because our transport infrastructure is well-connected. So taking public transport is one of the most economical way to get around Singapore. Like no- normal, normally Singaporeans travel either by bus or by train. Uh, in Train Singapore, we call it MRT, Mass Rapid Transport, in case you, you're wondering.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can definitely agree on the public transportation. It's really, really easy to get around. It's very clean, it's very convenient, it's pretty much everywhere. So um, that's, I think that's the best way to get around for sure. So let's imagine, you know, you're we're, we're flying to, um, to Singapore. We're going to Changi Airport, which has been considered as one of the best airports in the world for the past few years. So you land on the airport and then how can you get to downtown from there?
1: Right. So there are a few transport options available in Singapore, but you can either take the bus or the train or the taxis. And more recently, um, most people like to take Grab. But the most economical way to get around is by bus or MRT. Since today's show is about helping people, manage their finances. So I guess the best way to go about is to take the, the, the train, which is the MRT.
0: So when we're talking about train MRT, it's not your typical trains. It's more of a subway. It's a system that's all around the island that you can, that can definitely get you around, you know, from one corner to another, probably within an hour and a half, maybe two at the most. Uh, so it's really, really convenient for, for people that are visiting or people that live on the island. And with that being said, there are a lot of things to do in Singapore and of course there are a lot of great places to visit that you've been there your entire lives, pretty much. Can you tell us a little bit, what are those attractions? What are the top places that people should visit?
2: Okay, the best thing you can do in Singapore is to of us to eat. In okay, Singapore we are very fond of our uh, of our food. Singapore is a melting pot of culture. We have a lot of uh, people from different walks of life, uh, different ethnicity, different background. And that means that you can enjoy different food from many different cuisines. So really not going to lie, Singapore, we are very, very fond of our local food. So many of this food includes like uh, our local laksa, chicken rice, and all of these delicacies can be found in hawker centres, uh, which are basically food centres, but they are way cheaper. Uh, I mean they are very cheap in Singapore. So you have to be sure to head there to experience our local culture and delicacies. Of course, some iconic landmarks, landmarks to visit are uh, Gardens by the Bay, which is Singapore's very own city in a garden. Uh, Clark Key, a place where you're able to enjoy nightlife activities. It lies along the stream of the Singapore River, and you are able to see a uh, very beautiful nightlife scene there. Uh, of course, you have to be sure to head down to some of our cultural heritage locations, such as uh, Chinatown, Little India and Kampong Glam. Um, basically, many of these infrastructures, um, such uh those old buildings, they are preserved. Is preserved? preserved? Preserved. Yeah. Uh, so Chinatown, Little India and Kampong Glam have a very rich history. And it is a strong cultural identity. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I love how you start with the food. I know you guys are big foodies, and pretty much the whole culture in Southeast Asia revolves around the food. So uh, there are plenty of great options that you can choose from. Where in the city? For me personally, I would definitely go to Yakuna Kaya Toast. Uh, that was a, a place where I would go for breakfast almost every day. You know, for 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 those who don't who don't know. Uh, kaya toast—it's a very popular dish in uh, in Singapore, mainly for breakfast. People have uh, snacks as well, and it contains up two slices of toast with butter and kaya. So kaya—it's a very delicious, very sweet coconut jam that you can find in that part of the world. And it usually comes also with the side of coffee and soft-boiled eggs. Definitely must try um, dish when when you're there. But besides that, I like how you mentioned the Gardens by the Bay, Clarkway, and the heritage sites. Those are all the must-visit spots for all travelers. So personally, Gardens by the Bay was absolutely the top place that I've spent many many hours. I remember all three of us uh, went there, and then we walked around at night. Uh, it's so so Gardens by the Bay. It's it's like a huge urban garden that was actually built a fairly recently. Um, it has massive man-made trees that are actually called Super Tree Groves. Um, it's really beautifully lit up at night, um, and has an observation passage above the ground. So, uh, must visit spot for sure. But also, when I would say that when you're close to Clarkway, I would recommend walking around the Promenade. Um, you will be able to see, you know, Marina Bay Sands Hotel, Art Science Museum, and definitely um esplanade as well so esplanade it's a it's a theater it's in the shape of dorian and then lastly you mentioned the heritage sites so chinatown little india and Kampong glam why are they so important for singaporeans
1: yeah so basically the culture heritage location right each represents um the races that are living in singapore because singapore is a multi uh racial country right so i mean the proportion for our races are mainly the Chinese, Malay, and followed by the Indian. So Chinatown is a cultural heritage preserved for the Chinese, whereas Little India is for the Indian and Glam is like, you know, has a very strong culture identity for the Malay, you see.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing I absolutely love about Singapore. is just a melting pot of cultures from around the world. Mainly from Malaysia, from India, from China. But you have really people that Either visit or live there, and you don't find yourself that you're uh, you're kind of an outsider. I feel like everyone can relate to uh, to the culture that is there. Um, but besides the gardens and the heritage locations, uh, of course, you know Singapore, just like every single place in the world, I think has some downfalls. One of the biggest ones that I'm definitely aware of is the living uh, costs out there. Living in Singapore, for those who don't really know, it's, it's super expensive. It's been considered as one of the most expensive cities in the world for the past few years. And there are definitely some reasons behind it. So, Cheryl, can you talk about that for a bit?
2: Okay, so uh, first thing first, Singapore is a literate dot. We have no natural resources, so this means that everything here is imported, including uh, our water and our sand, etc. So, uh, land is actually a very scarce resource in Singapore. This means that rent is expensive. So, when rent is expensive, it means that uh, the cost for business uh, is very expensive, and all these kinds of prices are being passed on to consumers, uh, coupled with inflation as well. You know, uh, everything here, its uh, prices are steep. but Singapore is very expensive, yes, but you can always live within your budget because there are many other affordable options in Singapore. You can have cheap foods at lo- uh, at our local hawker centre. Uh, many of us stay in public housing, which are mainly subsidised by the government. Uh, a fun fact is that over 80% of the population in Singapore actually live in government-subsidised homes. And um, public transport is also very affordable. We, our, A single trip to town can cost around 2 to 250 singapore dollars uh as compared to taking grab or taxi which can cost around 30 to 40 dollars uh, for a trip.
0: yeah that, that is definitely a way to go taking public transportation mrt instead of uh taxis that are really really expensive you mentioned also grab uh grab is a sort of a uber in um in singapore so people can take that as well if they want to get around the city I love how you mentioned that, even though it is a very expensive place to live, a lot of people actually live in those government subsidized homes. Um, that is not very popular elsewhere in the world, but you know you can really find some good deals on food, on public housing if you want to, and then also and also transportation. Those are those are the three things that I think you can definitely find on on a budget. So both of you have been living there your entire lives. I'm sure you can. Um, pinpoint some of the pros and cons of living in the city can you talk about that one as well
2: one of the many things I love about living in Singapore is that the country is very well connected you can get anywhere um, via public transport within two hours max Singapore is also very clean Uh, we are also a very safe city our crime rates are actually very low Uh, we do have uh, neighbourhood police patrolling around almost every night so um, as a female living in Singapore, I, I feel comp- I feel safe even though I you know even say I have to go back late at times at like um twelve am to two am, um I think Singapore is also a very diverse nation. We we are actually a melting pot of uh culture. People from all walks of life here, but we have learned to co live together. So uh, that's actually one thing. That I love about Singapore here because we we do try to we do understand each other. Um we you know we go to school together, we work together, we have meals together, and we also appreciate uh, different cultures and different uh different food. Hmm. So yeah, I would say it is something that's very unique to Singapore. Um cons of living in Singapore are well, probably I would say, uh, it gets boring at times because Singapore is just too small, right? And you know, with COVID nineteen, it has become apparent that Singapore gets, uh, very impatient and very and get bored very easily. Just um, when we are just constrained in, in our country and we're not able to travel, because Singaporeans do love that we can get getaways, like uh, traveling to Malaysia, and uh, Bangkok, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure it can get boring. I mean, I love this place. It's a small city. Uh, if you go there for just a few days or a few weeks, you're perfectly fine. But after quite some time, you definitely want to venture out to different places in the world. So it, it does make sense to me, but it's it's pretty pretty funny. So we already talked about the best things to do in the city. We talked about why Singapore is so expensive, some pros and cons as well. Um, another thing I want to touch on is hotels. You know, Singapore is very well known for its amazing five-star hotels. Uh, there's Raffles hotels, there's Ritz Carlton, there's Fullerton. There's some really really great options, especially for those that would like to have um, you know go on a great getaway. For people that really want to experience a true luxury in South is Southeast Asia, but there are a lot of people that really travel on a budget, and for those who would like to spend a little bit less money than that what kind of uh, alternatives can they find in, in the city?
1: Um, I mean, there are, there are lots of apps these days on that you can download, such as Hostel World, uh, where, you know, the rates for the accommodation there can go as low as $50 per night. Alternatively, you can consider um, doing couch surfing or Airbnb for, to experience the local um, way of living, you know.
0: Yeah, so when you were saying $50 and that is cheap, which it is pretty cheap in Singapore, but might be a little bit expensive for other places in the world. Uh, You know, you can find some really, really cheap accommodation in Eastern Europe and some other places in Asia. But $50 in Singapore, it's a pretty good deal. Um, But then you also mentioned that there are some uh, busy seasons for, you know, for hotels in this city.
1: which, Which seasons are we talking about? December period. And June, these are the two months that are the busiest because of the school holidays. And uh, especially, I think, when the Western country are having their summer break, right? That's where um, it's one of the peak periods for the hotels industry in Singapore.
0: So pretty much busy summertime and uh, December around Christmas times; Those are the, the busiest times for sure. So yeah, th- thankfully, I visited the city in January. I remember this, the streets were pretty... Um, pretty empty comparing to other months. I was able to just walk around, um, use the public transportation, go to the hawker centers. And that was the way that saved me definitely a lot of money. Uh, stayed in Chinatown. Uh, so pretty much that's all the, the hacks and the things that we already talked about. But if Nigel, if you can just sum up all the traveling tips for people that want to travel on a budget, what would those be?
1: Uh. We cover three things. Firstly, for transportation, always take the public transport. Because taking a bus or a train ride will only cost you around $2 to $3 per trip. And because Singapore is so small, everything is well connected. The MRT station is situated right at the heart of the most prime location in Singapore. And in terms of food, always eat at a hawker centre. Because it is cheap and good and food range between 4 to $6. Unlike restaurant, it can cost you up to maybe 15 to $30 for a meal. And in terms of accommodation, go for the hostess or if you insist on staying on a hotel, try to pre-plan your trip early and avoid the peak period, which is during December and June.
0: Yeah, those are definitely the tips that can save you a lot of money, uh, especially in the city that is super expensive. Yeah, so one of the last things I want to talk about is language, because a lot of people, when they travel around the world, they're very concerned they're not going to be able to communicate well enough with the locals. Um, For me, it was really easy to communicate in English. I've noticed that English is a very common language in Singapore. But I've heard some other languages on the streets as well. What are some other languages that are actually being used in uh, in the city?
2: Okay, so English is widely spoken in Singapore. Uh, actually, most of us Singaporeans we are we are actually bilingual. So in school, we are being taught English as well as our mother tongue. So for me, because I'm a Chinese, I I learn English and Chinese in school. So for my Malay friends, they speak. Malay. They learn Malay and English, and uh, Indian friends, they will learn Tamil and English. So, um,
0: I love how the city is very, very diverse. You're able to speak you know, in different languages and experience different cultures. And with that, you can also try different foods as well, right? Um, I remember going to hawker centers. I was able to try some Thai, some Malay, some Chinese food. So there are plenty of options that you can choose from. So Nigel, what are some of your favorite foods in, in the city?
1: Right. As Singapore is a multicultural society, you know, food in Singapore have various cultural influence from everywhere. So there's too much to name them all, but I'm just going to name two of my favorite dishes that is widely accepted and enjoyed by all races. Number one on my list is chicken rice. Basically, it consists of a succulent steamed white chicken cut into bite-sized pieces and serve on a fragrant rice with some light soy sauce and pop it off with spring onion and coriander leaves and a fragrant sesame oil and the second one will be chili crab.
0: Yeah, and especially the chili crab that you just said, it is actually it's, it is a national dish of Singapore. It's definitely something everyone should try. There's a lot of different options. Uh, Hainanese chicken its another one. Nasi lemak, it's more of a Malay local dish that people should give it a try as well. So there's a lot of good food items that you should try when you'll be visiting Singapore. So, I'll make sure I put all the food items, best places to visit, pros and cons, and pretty much everything that we talked about in my Patreon page for those who would like to support me. And, but guys, I feel like we could talk about it for really quite some time. I want to thank you so much for being here. Uh, I appreciate, you know, connecting with me all the way from Singapore. Can you uh, tell us how people can find you actually uh, on the social media?
1: Yes, you can find us on like, Instagram. Like uh for Cheryl is L R M Cheryl S H E R Y L, and for me you can find me on Nigel Chok or Chokism C H E O K I S M.
0: Perfect. Thank you guys. I really appreciate your time, your tips. I know you guys are super busy, so I'll definitely catch up with you in just a little bit. But for everyone else, thank you so much for sticking around. Please make sure you subscribe. Let your friends and let your family know. I'm super excited for the next episodes to come. I'll be definitely sharing more information uh, about some of my experiences from my guests, from my own life. Um, You can also support me on Patreon. I'll make sure I'll put the link in the show notes below. For those who aren't too aware of Patreon, Patreon is a membership platform that allows you to connect with me on a one-on-one basis and support my work. It's a place where you can get exclusive content that I'll be sharing with you by sharing posts links files and so much more so thanks a lot for listening guys and i will catch on the next one